welcome to The Career Square. A podcast created for you by the Ambassador and Business Network. A network for ex-teachers who now work in business. If you don't know what career you want, you're not alone. And people change careers all of the time. Deciding on your first one can be really difficult. So we're here to give you more information about the different careers out there to help you along the journey. This episode is called Management Consulting and Finance, where we'll be chatting to someone who is a director at PwC. PwC is a large professional services firm known as one of the big four because it has consistently been a go-to for services like accounting, which all companies need. Before I introduce you to this week's guest and co-host, here are three things that I wish I knew about consulting when I was in school. Number one. Management consulting is where one company is employed to help another company solve a problem, which often these days is to advise on how new technology can make them more efficient. Number two, there are many different companies that do management consulting, some that specialise in a very small area, for example, they may just work with finance companies, and some that work across a huge range of areas, countries and industries. Number three, People working in finance need to spend a lot of their time working with numbers, so it might be a good career for someone who enjoys maths and problem solving. Today, I'll be handing over to fellow Ambassadors in Business member, Leo, who'll be interviewing his colleague, Christine. Today, I'm joined by Christine, who I used to work with in Deloitte. Hi, Christine. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Uh, very well, thank you. It's lovely and sunny finally in London. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you do at the moment. Absolutely. So first of all, I'd give you my job title simply because it hopefully gives you a tiny bit of an idea. Uh, I'm a management consulting and I work in finance. Um, basically, what that means is I help companies to improve their finance function. For example, by using new technology um, cloud, you may have heard but also by looking at the end-to-end finance function uh, yeah, and checking things like process improvements. And what is it that finance does in a business? Maybe you could just go into that a little bit. Uh, absolutely. And finance, I know, is one of those topics. Um, you fall into two categories of people. Either you hear finance and you see the dollar signs in your eyes and you get really excited or you kind of think, oh, money is dirty and you never want to want to hear about it at it. But Essentially, uh, finance is really at the brain of an organization. Um, If you think about an airplane, you need a control instrument that tells you how much petrol you've got left, how far the distance to your destination is, and all of that information, all of that vital information to to run a business that basically happens in the finance functions. Um, I try to give you a bit of a tangible example. So let's say you've got a cupcake business, all right? Um, If you start off with a small stall, all you need to do is buy, uh, make cupcakes, sell cupcakes, get some money for it. That's straightforward. But as you grow and expand, you have to find suppliers to give you all the ingredients. Then you need to pay them. You need to pay potential employees, like somebody who mounts your stall. Uh, You also need to check if you make profit. So ultimately, when you become bigger, the uh, controls and processes you have to have in place to understand if you still make money, um, that is what finance does. And you know, finance doesn't just do, do I make money? Finance also helps, helps you with decision making. So, for example, is your strawberry cupcake selling better than your blueberry muffin? 
Uh, does it also mean it's more profitable? And all of those things are ultimately really, really important um, if you want to run a business. Oh, I think I'm getting hungry now. So <laughs> when, you're, when you're working with these finance functions, you mentioned uh, uh, technologies like, like cloud, but, but what, is, what does that mean? Like, what do you do? What are you going to change for somebody as a management consultant? Yeah. So um, I still use my cupcake business. Of course, I, normally I don't deal with cupcake business very sadly. I very much like that. But a finance, a finance team deals with um, roughly four or five functions, right? So one is running your business on a day-to-day. -day. One is driving key strategic decisions such as, shall we expand? Shall we buy a manufacturing company? Or shall we buy our cupcakes from somewhere else? Um, you need to look at funding decisions and you need to look at risk at compliance. So that is, for example, are there certain markets I should expand to, but potentially a bit more risky? All of that falls under finance. And how we help our clients is basically when you start small and you can still do all of that manually uh, by record keeping, by what's typically described as bookkeeping, um, you don't really need us. No question, right? That would be a waste of your money and potentially a bit of a waste of our time. But as you get bigger, you need to start transferring all of those processes into proper systems. Uh, and simply because it becomes more and more and more complex. So what those systems typically do, and um, when I describe the finance function, you will have systems which deal exclusively with all the part that deals with buying your ingredients and paying your uh, paying your suppliers. That's typically called um, your accounts payable because you need to pay. On the other side, you may start to sell cupcakes big style to Sainsbury. So you have got here, you get some money coming in. That's called your accounts receivable. All those big modules, accounts receivable, accounts payable, things like treasury function, which deals with you know big funding decisions, Things like your general ledger, which is where all the data comes together. If you think about them, um, there's a really lovely story. I'm not sure if you've heard it. Um, at one point, four people wanted to see what the truth is, and they couldn't agree. Uh, and somebody said, look, I'll, I'll show you what the truth is, but I need to be allowed to blindfold you. So he blindfolded them, and then he put them in front of a big animal, but he didn't tell them what animal it was. And they basically all started to look at that animal from a different perspective and uh, one got to got to hold what felt like a massive tree and he said oh this is this is really big that feels like a tree the next one got something that was very strong and very long and kind of like a big boa constrictor so he said that feels like a snake and the third one said oh i've got something that feels a bit um feels a bit like a dog's tail really just much much bigger in reality what it was it was an elephant right but everybody only got to see a bit of that huge animal and ultimately you need to bring all of those different pieces together and similar with um, big finance systems it's the same thing a yeah. company can only function properly if you bring all those different pieces together and put them in the right place and what we do is exactly that we look at the different pieces what needs to be adjusted how do you need to um, put them together to make the company run so for example if your cupcake business, you decide to, um, let's say, expand into another country, then we help with those decisions. We bring the systems in, we look at the financials behind that. Um, yeah, and from my perspective, it's largely the systems that I deal with. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds really cool. I can see that there's a real role for bringing everything together, getting all the decision making, all the data. 
But I suppose when I think of finance, or when I thought of finance before, I think of accountants. Where do accountants fit into all of this? They're absolutely essential. I mean, um, having the systems only gives you the tools to get the data in a standardized version, in a timely manner, hopefully fairly accurate. Ultimately, the people who then look at the data and make sense out of the data, that still falls to an accountant. So the computer will be able to tell you blueberry muffin 75p profit, strawberry 68p profit, but it needs somebody to take all of that information to say, let's ditch the strawberry cupcakes, the blueberry muffins are the way forward. So the decision makers are still your, you know, accountant upwards, but the tools to help them making decisions, that's what we implement. And we can also help with um, standardizing a lot of their day to day. So in the past, when I started my job, I had the pleasure of dealing with expenses every day, checking other people's expense reports, which yeah. was very interesting, but also quite boring. If you can take all of those things and can fully automate them, do things like, you know, our days we can do that by taking your mobile, scanning the receipt, it automatically goes to my expense report and bash, at the end of the month, I get my money paid back. In the past, that would have been sitting down, typing it into a spreadsheet. It would have taken a lot of time. Now, yeah. all of those improvements that come with technology, making processes which can be automated, redundant, or at least automating them, that is what you do when you're a management consultant. Obviously, yeah, yeah. people making decisions, making the right decisions, that's what we help by supporting the technology, but ultimately also by giving advice, which support, you know, which technology should they take? Yeah, um, yeah. What kind of tools do they actually have? Where does it make sense to standardize? Where does it make sense to ditch a business and say, mm, may not be the right way forward? I can see there's a lot of a lot of responsibility, a lot of going through the finance function that you might not otherwise think about. Mm. But what is it then that that day to day makes your job really interesting? <laughs> uh, people, first of all, people. I have to say, it's actually um, what I didn't anticipate. Obviously, sitting on the system side, um, I kind of saw myself locked away in a dark cupboard and hacking away on my keyboard. That's not at all, not at all what I do. I think. Um, because we actually need to solidly understand any company we work for. One of my big, big, big tasks is upfront talk to all the relevant people to understand what is it they do at the moment? How can we improve? What is it they need? Who else do I need to bring in? What's the size of the team that we may have to get on site? <clears throat> What's the technology they want to use? Which vendors do they want to talk to? So do they want to have system A or system B? So getting all of those people, similar to my elephant story, really getting all of those people to sit on the table and say, oh, but the truth is a big tree. That's actually a big chunk of my of my day to day job. Right. None yeah. of us knows the solution unless we get all of those people around the around the table and talk to each other. Um, that's a big chunk. And then the other part that I find brilliant is actually the constant change. Um, I think. If you look back at technology, when I was a child, we were excited when we had a tape recorder, right? And if you ever got a magnet close to it, that was it. Your favorite music was gone. But technology our days is huge. There is so much change. Even in the last five years, think about cloud technology, the ability to automate processes. I mean, for those of you who've got an Amazon account, you will know that um, if you buy one thing, it proposes 20 other things or it tells you 
you can now set up a repeat order. All the technology change gives us great opportunity to make existing finance functions better, to make them yeah. more efficient, to use algorithms and basically to help people make a, you know, have a better job, a more interesting job and make better decisions. And, and you've mentioned cloud a couple of times as something that's that's coming in and mm. technology. Could you just explain a little bit more about <laughs> what, what, what the cloud is apart from the things outside? <laughs> I'll try my best. Um, I mean, most of you will have a mobile, right? And back in the days, um, before we had cloud technology, it meant that all the information was literally on your mobile, right? There was a little chip inside there. If that chip was messed up, that was it. All the information was gone. That's not a good, that's not a good idea. People dropping their mobile into, you know, some water or losing it. That Done meant that all the, exactly who hasn't, right? So that was a high risk approach. And what cloud effectively does is instead of keeping your information or in fact your processes on your mobile, it has a big data center, not in the cloud. Um, that would be a bit expensive keeping it up in the air, but somewhere remotely. Uh, and basically using uh, the fact that we can now connect all the time via internet so that you don't store your data on your own device, but instead it the, the data and to some degree the processes are stored elsewhere on big machines. Uh, yeah, and you can access it from wherever you want, whatever tools you want. You can swap from your mobile to your computer and still see your same emails. That is cloud technology. That sounds really cool. And I guess we've all had a little bit of a taste over COVID with moving slowly to Teams and Zoom and all of the under, other wonderful tools that we've had to suddenly discover. Absolutely, yeah. And a lot of benefits with it. I mean, if you think back, um, commuting is not one of the favorite activities. I can tell you that quite frankly and saving something like 15 pounds per day for not having to sit on an overcrowded train is a, is a big benefit. So I do think cloud is really, uh, you know, by the time some of you will be my age, you will have probably gotten so used to it that offices no longer exist. So <laughs> it'd still be nice to meet colleagues occasionally. Of course, particularly if they're as nice as you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what is it that, that you've done to get you to where you are today? Obviously, you've clearly got a lot of experience in technology and finance. Where did you start out? Yeah, I think um, that's a very interesting journey. So surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, when I finished school, the one thing I really wanted to be is either a vet or a teacher. Uh, and then clearly something in my life just went wrong. <laughs> and, I, and I ended up... Um, kind of almost by accident so how did i how did i manage that um when i when i was a teacher i was always employed uh, throughout school time which meant that summer holidays were actually a big gap also unfortunately a big financial gap and <clears throat> i decided to take up a six weeks holiday cover in a company and what they wanted is um <clears throat> they wanted me to sort out some invoices and <clears throat> When I did that, I, I made a little really interesting discovery, which kind of really got me into finance. Basically, we had um, we had someone defrauding the company by putting in incorrect credit notes. Just think about buying your jeans at Primark and returning them at Louis Vuitton and cashing in the difference. That's effectively what this person did. And I found that out by by sieving through the invoices. It was a complete accidental, you know. Um, That's really cool. 
Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, and when I when I went back to the guy who had employed me, right, I said, oh, whilst I sieved through these invoices to file them, I actually came across this. <laughs> so they, they asked me, um, basically, they offered and said, look, you can stay on for another six months, come up with something to fix the problem, which is what I basically did. Um, and after I had fixed that problem, and I clearly started to enjoy doing that type of work, they offered to um, let me do a secondary study. So I had already studied, um, but as a teacher, I couldn't find a fixed employment. Yeah. Um, back then in the days, now I probably would. <laughs> Can't get enough teachers now. <laughs> yeah, but the kids are probably pleased they escaped me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not the case. Oh, who knows? Anyway, after that six month stint, they said, look, why don't you go and study SEMA? And I thought, hmm, why not? Worst case, they kept me employed. They paid me for SEMA. And I thought, you know, worst case, I've got a second degree. If teacher, if becoming a teacher doesn't turn out, hmm, then I can try to continue sorting invoices. So I, I basically did SEMA. Um, and SEMA, just for those who don't know, is Chartered Institute Management Accountant. Uh, sounds like one of those really horrible things. But it's actually pretty interesting. You can almost think about it as a as a thin MBA. It gives you a very solid understanding of finance, but not to become a fully chartered accountant, more to be able to run a company. So it covers areas like legal as well. It covers areas like IT as well. And it was just a really good way to understand how business function. And so an MBA would be understanding how business functions, but in more detail then? I think an MBA would be substantially more um, in-depth for each of the individual functions. It would also be broader. So SEMA okay. focuses on finance. An MBA would also cover other areas. For example, you will at least do some, some supply chain management. You will at least do uh, some manufacturing. I didn't cover any of that, um, yeah. luckily. But SEMA really, if you so want, is a thin layer of understanding it and when i say thin it's not that thin it still takes you a solid oh i <laughs> Sorry. know i am about two-thirds of the way through as we speak yeah do you enjoy it i do it's been a really interesting insight into the more technical side that i probably would never have seen or or understood otherwise mm. i think it's useful even though i don't actually think i'll ever specifically use the knowledge but now i understand what people are talking about yeah i completely agree it kind of widens your horizon and it gives you the opportunity to advise. So, for example, coming back to my cupcake business, if a company is growing really fast, there are different ways you can help them, right? For example, yeah. do they want to go down a franchise route? Do they want to uh, build big manufacturing? And I think it's that kind of hands-on advice that you can later apply to real situations when you advise companies that I really, that I really enjoyed. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, and once I'd done SEMA, it's quite lucky because my company then decided to implement the finance system. And we did that together with one of the so-called big fours. So once I'd done it on a client side, I decided that's it. I now flip over and do that for my life because I enjoy it so much. <laughs> and who, who are the big four, just to be clear? Um, so the big four are in no particular order, um, Deloitte, PwC, Ernest & Young and KPMG. And okay. when I say big four, what that specifically refers to is basically management consultancy. But typically those companies also have got audit, finance and tax services. So you will probably hear them in the connection of 
uh, revising the, the audits and um, the statutory files of big companies across the world. Interesting. And I'm sure we should mention that there are other management consultancies as well. And for an audit, for anybody who's not sure, that's the information that companies have to provide to the government and to other people who are interested in them by law. So these companies help them to prepare that and to make sure that it's true. So if you're just thinking back to your younger self or maybe our audience, is there any particular advice that you might give to young people uh, who are starting out on their career? <laughs> I think the key advice is don't, don't be too hard on yourself, right? The world is changing so fast. Um, I think when I started to when I started with my career, my, my vision was to find a company and work there for the rest of my life. That, that's, just, that's just not happening anymore. And it is also not a good way to live your life, right? Yeah. Ultimately, what you want to do is try out. I think a management consultant is absolutely brilliant for that because you get exposed to a huge amount of different companies and different business models. Um, I think most of, most of pupils today um, there are so many career options that simply didn't exist when I was young. But you yes. also don't know what you miss out before you've had a go at it, right? So some of us enter the world with a fixed view, like me. I want to become a biology teacher. If you get too hooked up on the for you obvious or for you what you really want to become solution, sometimes what you miss out is other things that may be absolutely brilliant and you just don't know about them. So I think... Be open, try things out. Don't get frustrated if it doesn't work out because there is a lot of luck involved as well. And there is also a lot of, you know, life is unfair and sometimes you get bad luck and things that you've worked for for five, six years suddenly don't happen. And that's horribly frustrating, but it may open a completely different door. And yeah. that may be the right thing. Uh, you know, one point in your life, you may look back and say, oh, I couldn't become a biology teacher, but <laughs> I think it's just um, life is a bit random, quite frankly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everybody can relate to that over the past year and a half. <laughs> uh, but so if you've convinced somebody that they're really fascinated by management consulting or finance, is there anything that you think is a good place to get started? I think there are two things. First of all, is it is it the right place? And then is it a good place? And I think the right place depends a bit on the person. And maybe a lot of people think to apply for one of the big fours, what you have to have is first class degrees, right connections, um, good universities. I actually think that is not necessarily true. The key reason is that what we really look for, and that's not just from a you know, not just from a big four perspective, that's just if you employ people, if you work with people, what you really look for is people that you enjoy working with. And that means what you're looking for is the right mix of skills and personal attributes. And of course, knowledge plays a, a big factor, but things like, is the person curious? Do they want to learn? Are they quite, you know, are they quite happy to try out things? Um, I personally find people who are overconfident quite difficult to work with. I'd much rather people are willing to put in, you know, put in the time and the effort and accept, accept that I don't know everything. I mean, you know, um, I have to learn every day. So it's good to stay curious, having good communication skills, being willing to 
help others out, but likewise being willing to ask for help. I think they are really they are really the skills and the, the attributes that um, companies are looking for, right? And then for management consultant, a real desire to make things better, to look at not just how does it work now, but how could it work in the future? Um, they are probably the key skills that I think you should have. And then what you would do or how you could go about becoming a management consultant. I mean, there is the typical route about going to university, um, by now, a lot of management consultants also offer things like apprenticeships, online forums. Um, there is quite a lot you can learn by watching YouTube channels. Sometimes it's worth going a completely different route like, like myself. Join a finance team, get some experience, check if it's the right thing for you. You can always come later as an experienced hire. It doesn't have to be in finance, could be marketing, could be human resource. So, you know, generally get your foot, get your foot in the door figure out what you enjoy and then keep in contact and see how that fits in the big picture. Well, I think that's a fantastic message. And unfortunately, that is all the time that we have. So thank you very <laughs> much, Christine. That was a really fascinating insight into what you do and the world of finance and management consulting. So thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Leah and Christine. What a fascinating interview. I learnt so much about what working as a consultant in finance involves. My three biggest takeaways are, it isn't just accountants who work in finance. You need to have a whole range of people to look at after the technology and to figure out what those numbers mean. Number two, you don't need to go to university to be a consultant or to work in finance. There are loads of apprenticeships available as well. And finally, number three, as well as having practical skills, you need to be someone that people like working with. So remember to stay kind as well as staying curious. Want to get in touch or follow us for more careers content? Find us on Twitter. Our handle is at InAmbassadors. Until next time, stay safe, stay curious.